This might be a quick one. There's nothing fucking going on. Yeah, no, I know. It'll be fast. That's fine. And welcome to the Fumble Through the End Zone podcast. My name is Sean O'Connor. With me as always, we got Uncle Johnny. Hey, little buddy. How are you? Doing good. Unfortunately, no Johnny Graham. His Browns lost, so he's boycotting. Not much to talk about this week. We've got the <laughs> handful of signings in Major League Baseball and then the NFL. As you know, we're going to continue our streak of not talking basketball or NHL till we get to the playoffs. And we'll discuss <laughs> all that then. But right now, we are in the midst of the playoffs. Had six games last weekend. I was, you know, if you had a federal job or any kind of government job, you're off Monday. So you got two games each day, which was kind of cool. Um, but we'll get into that more. But right now, let's talk a little bit of baseball. Five free agent signings this week of any merit. Uh, only one was really worth any true merit. But the uh, starting right-handed pitcher, Casey Mize, signed with the Tigers, avoiding arbitration. For one year and eight hundred forty thousand dollars with a twenty twenty five club option, uh, starting right handed pitcher Austin Voth signed with the Mariners for one year and one point two five million dollars. Uh, starting right handed pitcher Luke Weaver signed with the Yankees for one and two million for one year and two million dollars with a twenty twenty five club option. Matt Carpenter, he of I hit home runs ten home runs in about ten days. Uh, and then do nothing else the rest of the season fame signed with the Cardinals for one year and 740,000. So finish out his career back with the cards. And then last but not least, uh, closing pitcher extraordinaire. He's almost as good as Edwin Diaz when Diaz doesn't blow out his knee, hopping up and down after a win in a meaningless tournament. Josh Hader signed with the Astros for five years and $95 million. It's uh well once again, I'm still waiting for that Casey Mize to become some sort of pitcher. Yeah, I mean, well, since he's been a young kid, that's all the talk is. I pick him up in fantasy league all the fucking time, you know. But you know, is he not fulfilling his potential? Maybe he is. I just what they call you know big potential. You know, they compare it nowadays is you know mediocre shit. So. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not shitting on Casey Mize. I just wish he'd be a little better uh, from from all the hype that he had. All right, so let's. I mean, the hater. Look, he didn't get he didn't get Diaz money, which is fine. You knew he wouldn't get. But uh, let's put it: the Astros know what they're doing. Yep. You know, everybody could talk. Look, like I said, I, you can't tank in baseball. I don't give a shit what anybody says because the number one pick in baseball doesn't necessarily mean it's 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 probably worse than the number one pick in football mm-hmm. most of the time i mean because there's so many kids drafted it, it really so just to say that you're sitting there to try to get the best player in in baseball doesn't mean dick but they've drafted well over the years they've definitely i, I mean when i'm talking you know people that they've drafted have made big impacts yeah um a lot of homegrown you know a lot of homegrown but you know not all first picks even guys through there, you know, in the, you know, first round could be, maybe not, maybe they had two first round picks, maybe whatever. Um, 
they've done well and they've bought in the people that they needed to bring in. And this is case in point right here. You know, he makes, he makes their team go, you know, for all the bullshit that, you know, the Yankees did what they did. The Yankees have never been better than the Astros. I know everybody cries about 2017. They've just never been able to beat them going back to 2015. Talk about this in nauseam. They had the one game playoff and they were shut down. Uh, then the 17 happened. Like I said, the Yankees didn't hit then. They could cry and bitch all they want. That and fans could say, well, that was awesome, you know, world. So we would we should have went to the World Series. Doesn't matter. And then after that, they still haven't been. And every time the Astros beat them, some sort of scandal's going on. But they just look, they, the Astros beat them. The American League, I, I think to me, this was because I think Texas is going to be a good team. I think they'll only get better. Mm-hmm. And as long as they're pitching, and you got to remember, they won't have the ground for a full season, but if their pitching holds up and I don't know what kind of kids they have on the way, maybe rotation-wise, they're a good team. But Houston Houston made a fucking – and look, I'm not saying – because Houston wins a lot of games anyway. Mm-hmm. But the thought process is is now as much as – Presley was their closer, right, for all that time. The thought process is now this is fucking automatic. And Hayter doesn't pitch more than one inning. He no, he doesn't. And, and you know, he's not really tested in playoff time, you know, like some other guys. But the thought process is you get into the ninth with a lead and he's going to shut it down. The one thing I do like is if the Mets ever play the Astros in a World Series, Hayter does struggle against the Mets. Yeah. He's had a few times in his career. They got to him. Where and it's been a couple runs. He, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was driving home from when I worked down in DC. I was listening to the game. It was a day game. I think it was during the year when they did the seven inning doubleheaders. Uh, and they had a doubleheader with the the uh, the Brewers, and I forget who it was. It was somebody who hit like a random home run. Yeah, yeah the, no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. It, uh... But it was like. The score was three to one, and the guy hits a two run homer after a walk. Yeah, Alejandro something. Yeah, my Diaz. <laughs> Alejandro Diaz or something like that. But yes, but yeah. So it's always and he he tends to have those issues against the Mets. So I'm fine with that, but uh, doesn't mean he'll always have them. Let's be fair. But I mean, no, he, I mean, you got to look at a guy too. Last year. You know, had a really good – I mean, like a one-something ERA. So, I mean, he might be hitting his peak even at a – you know, he's getting a little older, obviously, been around, but these might be his peak seasons. I mean, no. he, got a, he got plenty of rest in San Diego last year. They weren't closing many games. Nah, um, nah but that's – but he pitched well. He, he did. Yeah. So, I look, good, good move by the Astros who were going to be good anyway, so it really doesn't matter in the long run. No, I mean, I don't know how many more games – He's going to save him that Presley wouldn't in the save situation. But now you got a seventh, eighth, and ninth. They look, their bullpen's low. They got arms all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but they also have some starting. See, that's the thing. The Astros, they have a good bullpen, but they were also banking on their starters to pitch. Mm-hmm. And they got some good, you know, a couple of good young guys who, you know, no, I, I don't think as much as they say they're analytically driven, analytically driven and all that shit. I don't think that they go into games where they're like, well, this guy's only going to pitch five innings. You know, their starters are looking at, especially like Verlander's back. So he's going, uh, 
the two, the, the young lefty also, he's a little wild, but these guys are trying to throw more than five in You know what? Who's their manager? It was Dusty. I, I don't know. No, no, no. I'm saying who got the job? I know Dusty retired. No, let me check real quick. Who the fuck is the Astros manager? Joe Joe Espada. Espada, that's right. That's it. Yeah, he. I guess he was his bench coach. Yeah, and they finally get okay. All right. Well, Joe's walking into a nice situation. Yeah. And meanwhile, okay. And, and the other part of baseball is, at least they're filling out a team that's good because there's there is, Sean. How many did you send out the list? Fifty quality yeah. free agents unsigned, and it's been on. Twi- it's it's baseball's got to do something because it's absolutely ridiculous. We're almost in February. Up oh, breaking news. Uh oh. Angels and right-handed pitcher Robert Stevenson reportedly agree to three-year deal with an option. They just want they just they just bought themselves the pennant. <laughs> <laughs> the Angels? Yeah. Well, because Astros go out and sign Hater and they go, we gotta make a big big splash. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Like I said, plenty of free agents still out there. It's 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 ridiculous. Move the winter meetings to February. Excuse me, to January. It's ridiculous. The Celtics lost at home. Well, no, I was watching it. We went out to eat. I was watching. They did lose. They lost. They were up by 10. 102 to 100. Wow. That fucking tall Serbian or whatever the fuck he is, he is good. <laughs> Man, the Nuggets are having a real good season. They're 29 and 14. And what... Are- Oh wait a minute! The Celtics—it's the first home loss, and they were twenty and zero. Yeah. Wow. Fucking crazy. I am kind of bummed about Robert Stevenson. I heard the Mets were in on him, so kind of a bummer. Uh, well, the Mets are in on everybody, but are they signing <laughs> anyone? Is the question. But nobody's signing anybody, so I, I don't know. And apparently, the A's might be going to Salt Lake City temporarily to uh before going to Las Vegas. For what reason? State ballpark's not built yet. No, so oh they can't play in Oakland and not allowed? I don't know. Maybe they didn't uh oh, wait, does that take place this year? I don't know how all of that works. Aren't they still in Oakland? Did that happen yet? Yeah, I'll have to look that up and get back to you next week because yeah. I have no idea. Um, funniest thing about all of this with the Robert Stevenson news, do you know who broke it? Jolly Olive from John Boy. <laughs> the guy who hosted the Mets podcast with Blevins. Oh, really? Yeah, that's funny. Good for him, breaking some news. Now that Sports Illustrated's out of the game, somebody's got to. Well, all these entities keep kicking themselves in the foot with their nonsense. So you hear about this shit? Yeah. Well, I got to be honest, Sean. Being in the delivery bit, I haven't seen a Sports Illustrated, and I don't know how long. So I think they were going out of business anyway. But it it is something. Look, I grew up with Sports Illustrated. I had a subscription as early as thirteen years. No, yeah, thirteen or fourteen. Because I definitely had it when the Mets won the World Series. I had that whole season of Sports Illustrated. I got it for Christmas probably when I was 13. And then when I renewed it going into the 14 and 15. I always had this, you know, you had to have the swimsuit issue, yeah. even if you weren't a subscriber. And now it's... Gross. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's just, it's, I don't get it. You, I think did you they, throw those out? Like, where are they? Yeah, no, they all, you know what? They were in your grandparents' house for a long time. And then they were all, I had, I mean, I had, uh, is the, there was two, or maybe I'm mixing up. The cover when the Mets won, I don't know if it was a Roscoe in the air or Knight jumping up and down after hitting a homer. Uh, I can't think of which one it was. I'll look it up right now. It might have been a Roscoe in his knee because both of them were in the papers. So I'm trying to think of that issue. If it was Knight after hitting a homer. It was him high-fiving the bat boy. Knight. Yeah. And it says Mets win, right? It says nightcap. That's okay. See, that's that's what it was. There it is. That's it. That's that's it. That's the one. And uh, fuck, I remember thirty four years ago. I think that's Paul, the Bat Boy, not Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you remember them? You remember their names? I, 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 how many times do I still watch that shit on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, I mean during baseball season on Fridays after the podcast, I will watch it every time. Now that we're moving, oh, this week I think they're announcing the Hall of Fame, so we'll find out who made it. Correct. Yeah, it seems like Jimmy Rollins got a lot of love late, and I'm like, really? I, it's funny because I, I was I was actually watching on Wednesday on my day off. Again, I was watching a uh, hot stove, but they were talking about it. And they bought it. And, and you know what? Jimmy Rollins did have a very nice career. Mm-hmm. And he is, he's like, I can't remember the exact stats, but he's one of only five shortstops, the other four being in the Hall of Fame or whatever should be, you know, three of them are in the Hall of Fame. Maybe it's, it's, and obviously Rodriguez isn't, but I know it was Alex Rodriguez played half his career at third base. Yeah. So, uh, it, it just, I mean, what you know, he had, a, he did have a nice career. Well, what they were doing was they were comparing him and Vizcal. Now, saying with the love. Now it's funny because Omar Vizcal won a ton of fucking gold gloves. Yeah, and hitting wise, I mean, the guy got twenty eight hundred hits. Yeah. So it's, it, but they're like, so they call him, you know, they're like, even with Jimmy Rollins, because Jimmy Rollins played a lot. He didn't play as many as Vizcal. But they're like, oh, where they compiler stats. And once again, I, I I did this with Biggio when Biggio was going for 3,000. You can't call a compiler if a guy can still play. Yeah. Oh, I, I You know, what are you compiling? You The guy can go out there and he can still play. So even though Vizquel, Vizquel was still playing short at, at an age. And then I think they moved into second a little bit towards the end. But. I mean, the guy had 2,800. So to me, he, he put together a, a career and he didn't have to be a big hitter. He was, he was the linchpin of the defense on a team that everybody else could hit, mm-hmm. but he scored almost a hundred runs. Like for a guy, you know, I think he averaged 90 runs during that time with Cleveland. So he was getting on base. Um, I don't know. I, I think both of them, look, both very interesting. Steve Phillips was on with Harold Reynolds. Harold Reynolds, of course, thinks Jimmy Rollins is a Hall of Famer. Uh, and and Vizquel, he, he kind of said, because he played with Vizquel, yeah. he was coming up when he was leaving. 
And Phillips was like, I thought Rollins was borderline, but then when I looked at it, you know, Sean, we're going to come to them crossroads where, you know, it's once again, it's going to be the hall of very good. That's all it's going to be because these guys don't stand out. I have a hard time putting Jimmy Rollins in. I know it's a different position. I have a very hard time putting Jimmy Rollins in if Jeff Kent, Don Mattingly, and Keith Hernandez are not in the Hall of Fame. We'll take out Pete Rose right now because the gambling and all that stuff, whatever. I agree, Pete Rose should be in. If the all-time hits leader's not in, he can really call it the Hall of Fame. Same with the all-time home run hitter, all, all that shit. But if you don't have Jeff Kent, Keith Hernandez, and Don Mattingly, guys who got more all-stars spots, more silver sluggers, same number of MVPs, better batting averages, some of them more home runs, and more gold gloves. How is Jimmy Rollins, tougher position, I'll give you that, but how is Jimmy Rollins getting in over guys like that? Uh, listen, I mean, Jeff Kent belongs in the Hall of Fame. We, we go through this every year. I... I don't give a shit if he was kind of surly with the media. I can't fucking stand Jeff Kent. I hated his guts when he didn't play for the Mets. Yeah, I just... But he is a Hall of Famer. The guy was a run producer, the all-time homer leader for second baseman. Mm-hmm. There's been some good second basemen. I mean, he just did... I don't... They knock his defense... I don't know. I don't think Jeff Kent ever killed a team. No. With with his and then I'd be like, yeah, but he didn't look. His metrics would say he didn't get the ball. You know what? Once again, I think those metrics are all bullshit because Jeff Kent didn't play in the era of the shift either. Mm-hmm. So Jeff Kent had to go laterally, right and left. And you know what? You're talking through the course of a year. How many balls wouldn't? Uh, okay, I, give me Roberto Alomar was probably the best fielding second baseman during Jeff Kent's time. How many more balls would Alomar have gotten to during the course of a year, either left or right, than Jeff Kent did and make the play? You're not going to tell me it was more than fucking 10. It was, that Jeff Kent could have made the play on. Well, That's even then, in the latter part of his career, to his left, he had J.T. Snow when he was with the uh, Giants, and he had Eric Karros when he was with the Dodgers. Dodgers. Both very handy first basemen. They were. And so he, he didn't played. have to go as much to the left. And then if you ha- look at shortstop, at least with the Giants, for a period of time, like we said, he had Vizquel. Yeah, no, and, then he, and, then, and then listen, then he went to Houston. He played some first at Houston. Yep. The, the bottom line is the guy was uh, he was a good good, hit, good run producer. You know, he, he batted behind Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. So Bonds drove in a lot of guys, and he still drove in guys after him. I mean, is is he's just he's a good fucking baseball player, and he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I mean, once again, all the it's other metrics, it's other metrics. No, if you were starting a team, you would want Jeff Kent. You know what? He, I want to tell you something right now. I think Louis Arise is a good fucking boy, and he would be the leadoff hitter right now on any team I start. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or or the leadoff hitter if I can start a second base. But can I tell you something? I would rather have Jeff Kent, <laughs> and not and I'm not a and and it has nothing to do with home runs and all. But I could put Jeff Kent. I could find somebody to still bat first, and get on base, even though baseball don't like that anymore. 
I can't find another second baseman to bat fourth and fucking, you know, and, and not only hit for batting average. Yeah, a career 290 hitter. That's what I'm saying. With 377 home runs, 1,518 RBI. 1,500 RBIs. And he walked a little bit more than half as often as he struck out. Yeah. 1,500 strikeouts, 800 walks. That's what I mean. Um, one, two, three, four, five all-star games, three silver sluggers, an MVP, no gold gloves. But well, which, and, I mean, which, yeah, he wasn't going to win. And he was also playing in the National League when you had guys like Biggio and other guys that were better, Utley, you know, well, not Utley, but there were other guys that were getting gold gloves at that time at that position. Yeah, well, and Sean, like I said, you know, and for as much as people are like, oh, he played three positions. He played third, second, and first yeah. through his career and didn't make a fool of himself in any of them. So, you know, it just, he, he, he is a guy who belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yep. 100%. Like I said, as far as the Mattingly and Hernandez things, you know, I think there's no reason either one of them can't be in, if not both. You know, one guy revolutionized the way to play first base. I mean, when you talk about the great third baseman in the game, obviously Brooks Robinson being at top, and then Mike Schmidt, George, the way they played there. And now I'll say, I mean, Nolan Arenado is just – Nolan Arenado is going to win 20. If he plays 20 years, he's going to win 20 gold gloves. Yeah which is sick, but they didn't have that at first. But first base was a big husky lumbering fuck. Yeah. And then Hernandez came along and just took the position by storm. Paved the way for a guy like Mattingly. Remember, Mattingly came up. They didn't have a position for him. They had him in the outfield. And then they made it. He played first base and the guy could field. And, you know, the thing about Mattingly and Hernandez, they both had strong arms. Yep. So, you know, defensive loan could get him in. You know, Mattingly had a great career hitting. You know, he just, you know, now he, he wasn't a compiler, but he stuck around when he was hurt. You know, maybe if he goes out a little before that. But then again, he wouldn't have played in the playoffs. He wouldn't have done it. And Hernandez was as steady as back could be. Batted third in the lineup. At 90 RBI guy every year. Didn't have to hit a lot of home runs. Walked a lot. Never struck out. 11 straight gold gloves. I didn't know. I know. Yeah. 11. Exactly. And when you talk, put out whatever metric you want, he would almost be at second base sometimes when he fielded a ball and could go towards the line, which was his backhand, like nobody's business. Still, the greatest play I've ever seen is that dive. Bunt. Oh, oh the no, dive. Oh, the bunt, uh, where Buddy dove off, off the ball that off the bag and yeah. flips and then tossed it to first to get the out. I think right. it was against the Dodgers. It was a fucking, and, um, like, I, I, and that was 12 years into his career. Like, it, it, and, and, th and that ball was hit hard. That wasn't just yeah. like a little dribbler. No. He had to range, dive, flip, get up and throw. And he did all that with smoke in the pack a day. 
probably more. So people out there, teach your kids. You can still smoke and have a productive major league ball career. So. I mean, 11 gold glove says it all. So get yourself a pack of Marlboros. Take your, take your kid down to the field, put a Marlboro in his mouth, hit him some ground balls and say, hey, you too can win 11 gold gloves. My favorite thing ever is he got caught smoking in the dugout. Bowie Coon, <laughs> find him. The next day he had a home run and then lit up in the dugout. That's it. <laughs> As a fuck you. God, well, I love it. When Jim Leland was going, you know, they had that, you know, the press conference when he went in and he said something about it. He goes, yeah, no, I know you people saw me in a dugout. Sometimes a little much. Because Jim Leland was always smoking in the dugout. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, he just covered his, you know, he covered his mouth with almost had his hat down. He just, so, you know, just the Hall of Fame, it should be, you know, I just I just feel that each year we're going to hear, because they, they, they'll, they'll end up putting nobody in ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, and someday, someday I do think they will, they will put one of those guys in, a Bonds, a Clemens, maybe both, A-Rod. I hope that when it comes to the, Veterans Committee, some of the Hall of Fame injustices will be corrected. Dale Murphy, Bonds, Clemens, Hernandez, Murphy Mattingly. Just, Murphy uh, just missed, you know. Uh, that's who, bullshit, too. Who, did, who got in? Fred McGriff? McGriff, yeah. I mean, he's a 400 home run guy. Like, yeah, on that frame, what... it's not like he was roiding. No, no, I, I get that he hit a lot, and he, he had some big years. But I, I think if you were going to put – I mean, Dale Murphy was a fucking back-to-back MVP. A big guy playing center yeah. field. He was a gold glove winner. Yeah, look, McGriff hit a lot of home, but he just did homers. Jesus, he only had three silver sluggers, not one gold glove. Who, McGriff? And only five all-star appearances. Who, McGriff? Yeah. No, that's what I mean, Sean. He was a guy. He just look. He had a good career, but you know, I don't think teams went in because he could be neutralized with a left-handed pitcher late in games. Yeah, he still had plenty of homers off of left-handed pitches. I just, there's still guy. Look, you didn't want Dale Murphy to beat you. No, and on the Braves, he was really the only guy besides Bob Warner who could. But he still had he had good years, and he was a catcher who they put in center field. And the guy was a fucking gold glove winner and two-time MVP. Well, the next question is, so did Craig Biggio ever win one in a gold glove in center field? No, he did not. He has four from 94 through 97. At second? Yeah. But I still say, like, like a guy like Biggio, a guy like Robin Yount, um, even look, I'll, I'll give it to Chipper for the couple of seasons. You ask guys to play a position that they didn't play regularly. And in Yount's case, he played it really well. But in Biggio's case, he, he didn't make a fool of himself. And Chipper went to left field and played well. He did. The hamstrings are what cut killed him. Yeah, so and anyone back to th- but what I'm saying is these guys, those that's a big deal. I mean, you out won an MVP as a shortstop and a center fielder. 
you know, I look at David Wright's stats. I go back and I look at them. And believe me, I will always say that he minus 06, 07, and 08. I give him those three years. He was incredible those three years. Had a lot of protection in the lineup, though. He was easily should have been his highest MVP vote in those three years was fourth. I think in 07 and 08, he could have and should have won. 07, 325, 30, and 107. 08, 302 with 33 and 124. Hell, even 2010 when the Mets sucked, 283, 29, and 103. He also didn't he steal 30 bases one of those years? Yes, the 2007 year. He was a 30-30 guy. Yeah. Like, and he only got caught five times. And who was who was it in 07? 06 was Rollins or 07 was Rollins? I think 07 was Rollins. No, 06 was. Fuck you. Didn't even make the playoffs. Playoffs? Rollins, Matt Holiday, Prince Fielder. Three teams that didn't make the playoffs, and then David Wright. So wait, Matt Holiday was 2007? Oh, I'm sorry. 2007 was Rollins. All right, so it was, the, it was that year. 2006 was Howard. And 2006, you had Beltron, Reyes, Wright, and Delgado all in the top 12. That's, yeah, no, that, that team was loaded. The fact that they didn't win that World Series still to this day. The, the, the fact that they didn't get to it. And then in 2008, he finished seventh. But if you look, Jimmy Rollins, that two that is that he, he had fucking 20 triples or some shit and 30 doubles, 20 triples, maybe 20 homers. All right, in 2007, 162 games played, 778 plate appearances. Yeah, that's fucking almost 800 times. That's crazy. 716 total at bats, 139 runs, yeah. 212 hits, 38 doubles, yeah. 20 triples. And 30 home runs. Yeah, no, that's sick. 88 of his extra base hits. 12 hits are extra base hits. No, and that's that's the thing that he was. So 88, I, I think Alex Rodriguez is the only other shortstop to have, have more in a season. And he had 94 RBIs, batting as the leadoff hitter. Yeah. 41 stolen bases, only caught six times. Fuck the next year. He needed that. Yeah, he he won that year. That's the next year. He only had eleven and fifty nine, but he had forty seven stolen bases and only caught three times. A ninety four percent steal rate. You know he can run. No, but you know what? That, and he wasn't a juice guy. That too. But yeah. he also played in a fucking band box. He did, which is kind of weird, also because that's a shit ton of triples. Jesus, twenty triples is a lot. In two thousand eight, he had fifty eight walks and fifty five strikeouts. Wow. Yeah, no, 2010, sure. 40 walks, 32 strikeouts. Sean, none of those guys. Look, all right, let's put it this way. Ryan Howard, can you look him up real quick? Oh, God, I can only imagine. No, look at his – now, he was a guy who was prolific. He started the trend of striking out a little bit there. But but give me his strikeout totals in those years, he those big years. So we'll start in 2006. Okay. He was t- rookie of the year in 2005. All right, we'll just go from 05. Yeah. Uh, 100 strikeouts. 
2006, 181. Okay, yeah, so he's... 2007, 199. Okay. 199, 186, 157, 172. The next two seasons, he played a combined 150 games and had 194 combined between the two seasons. 2014, 190. 2015, 138. 2016, 114. And he never, the only season he batted above 300 was his MVP season. Yeah. So, but it, like I said, that's so the questions. He's a guy who started, you know, he's, yeah, but but what, what was he batting? He was, was he batting 240 or was he batting 260? The rest of his career? No, I'm just saying his career in general. Yeah. Except for the MVP year. What was he hovering around? All right. So let me do this. Pick all the years except for that one. I got to do it on my computer. Ryan Howard. There's only one baseball reference. Just take me to him. All right. From 07 to 2016, his average year was 131 games, 544 plate appearances, 69 runs, 119 hits, 23 doubles, two triples, 30 homers, 98 RBI, 57 walks, 155 strikeouts with a 250 average. That's Ryan Howard. Yep. And what? How many years was that from? Oh seven to twenty sixteen. Huh. So he didn't even average. Yeah. So he averaged ninety RBIs a season. Is that what you said? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, I know he had some years of hundred and fifty six or some shit. And... Well, here's the thing: oh six, oh eight, and oh nine. He had a hundred and forty nine, one forty six, and one forty one. Okay, yeah. Oh, seven, he had 136, but from 10 to 16, and in all but two of these seasons, he played over 100 games. Uh, 108, 116, 56, 43, 95, 77, 59. Yeah, that was, that was towards the end there. So, I mean, but still, he, so he still batted 250, though. Career, yes. And this guy Schwab is fucking hitting in the same bandbox ballpark, getting 190, 192. However, in Howard's last season, he did bat 196. Yeah, yeah, but he was done. He was in 362 plate appearances. I was wait, he batted 196. <laughs> what was the rest of his stats? 25 and 59 with 27 walks and 114 strikeouts. All right, so he batted 196 with 25. 59, and what was his batting average? 196. Excuse me. Oh, no, no. That's right. 196, 25, 69. And the 59. guy was con- 58. He was considered done. Mm-hmm. This guy this year batted 197 with 46 homers and 104 RBIs. And they love him. 215 strikeouts. And they think he's fucking fantastic. It's It's mm-hmm. criminal. It's fucking criminal. Actually, in Ryan Howard's second of last year, he batted 218. Schwarber in 2022 batted 218. Hmm. I think Schwarber should retire. It, Actually, Howard it, batted 229 in 2015. I'm sorry. It's 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 absolutely criminal that they that they fucking talk this up. It's crazy to me. This guy was hurting. <laughs> he was on his last fucking leg, literally. Because he was, he had that Achilles thing. 
I, I watched that in New York. We came up to he, visit Grandma and Papa. I watched that in a hotel. He batted 197 and said, I can't do this. Still at 25 homers and only 300, not even 400 official at-bats. Yep. So what's Schwarber? Schwarber had like 680 at-bats this year. Yeah. Uh, in that final year, Howard had 331 official at-bats. Okay, so 331. Schwarber had like six-something. 585. 585. So give him the other 230. Ryan Howard hits 50 fucking homers. <laughs> yeah. So he hits 50. He would have been good. And he probably would have batted 180. And he would have had crazy. more RBIs. Exactly. It, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And Schwarber has the benefit of being in a DH as he has to play the field. It's it's sick. It's sick. And this man said, I got to go. I can't do it anymore. Kyle Schwarber says, give me another three years. And, and $45 million. And $45 million a year. And I'll bat lead off and every fucking douche in his ballpark. And every douche in his ballpark will think I'm a great fucking ball player. And you know what? Nothing against Kyle Schwarber because I think he's a hell of a fucking guy. Yeah. And he's a good clubhouse guy and he keeps them together. But you know what? Put some clown makeup on him then. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Guess how much money he's making in the next two seasons. Oh, is he signed for two more? Yeah. 30 a year? Uh, no. Uh, according to Spotrack.com, and they have all the contracts with Major League players, uh, he's got uh, 20 million more to go. I mean, 20 million this year and 20 million next year. All right. He signed in 2020, after the 2021 season, so going into 2022, yeah. he signed a four-year, $79 million contract with the Phillies. Yeah, all right. Well, that made sense. Yeah. Career earnings, unbelievable. $99 million. But like I said, I, I don't begrudge, but I, I just wish people, and these are Philadelphia, this is, you, you know, if you're a big Philly fan, especially. Oh, I love the guy, should, yeah. No, but I'm just saying, you should remember Ryan Howard. Yeah. And, and they loved Ryan Howard. And he did it, but on his worst, Schwab is at his best. <laughs> it's fucking sad. And you got and you consider him a great ball player. I here's my thing. You could probably put Ryan out there, Howard out there now, bat him lead off and let him DH. He'll give you the same shit. And Howard was six years older. Schwarber's only 30. No, nah, nah. Don't worry, Wait. when Schwarber's 30 years old. Yeah, no, but he, oh, Ryan Howard was 36 at the time. Yep. I'm sorry. Schwarber will be 31 before the season starts. Yeah, that's fine. He's young still. Hey, maybe years 33 through 36, he could play for the Mets. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see Kyle Schwarber hit 250. Just hit 250. I'd like to see Pete Alonso hit 250. Yeah, well, that, that goes. <laughs> did we say Pete avoided it? Oh, we did it last week, right? Yeah, he signed like $20 million. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's that's we last gotta... year's the only year. Okay, yeah. I'm not counting 2020 in that regard for batting average because 60 games. Yeah, I get it. That could be, you know, a a mediocre streak. And even in that mediocre <laughs> streak, he had 16 homers and 35 ribbies. So I'm not going to shit all over Pete for that. No. But in his other four full seasons. 
Pete batted 260, 262, 271, and then last year was 217. And in three of those four seasons, he's come close to 120 RBIs, 120, 131, 118. And he's hit at least 40 home runs in three of those seasons with 2021 he hit 37 so i really hope they extend him i can't believe i'm saying that i really hope they extend him that is such a big bat in the middle of the lineup yeah i listen like i said i just think I think what year was Chavez the batting coach? Was that 2022? Well, yeah. The year they, they won all the games. That's his highest batting average in his career. And his most RBIs. He knocked into 131, right? Yep. And second lowest amount of strikeouts. Second highest amount of walks. And he finished eighth in MVP voting. Yeah, I just Sean, like I said, I think the guy. See, to me, Alonzo's not a one a two eighteen hitter. He's no. a fucking he's a two sixty two seventy with the capability of hitting two eighty. Yep, and, and you could turn that one thirty one into one fifty real fast. I feel bad for him because the year of the juice ball in twenty nineteen, his stats are a bit a bit askew. And not because he hit the 53 homers is what it is, but because his ops is high, his slugging percentage is high because of all the home runs, his OBP is high because of all the home runs. I mean, if you look at 2019 and 2022, same number of at-bats. He had more hits in 2022. Less extra base hits, but more RBIs a higher batting average, a slightly lower OBP, but a significant drop in his slugging percentage because he had 11 less homers. But he was a more complete hitter. He was a more complete hitter, but now they look at fucking OBP, I mean, not OBP, ops and OBP, and they're like, oh, well, you're not, whatever. And it's like... Once again, it's... They finagled getting that into as the end-all, be-all. Once again, these... These are the people who say RBIs and batting average. There's better ways to analyze a player. Uh, there really isn't. <laughs> he had 16 intentional walks in 2022. 16. He was hit 21 times last year, yeah, which no, is he- also tied for his career high in 2019. <laughs> God, his rookie year was insane. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> like just insane. They should rename it <laughs> the fucking Pete Alonzo trophy for the National League. Sorry, you know Willie Mays. No, <laughs> Jackie, no, Robinson. Jackie Robinson. <laughs> Hank Aaron, you see where we're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? That's not what I mean. Uh, <laughs> what is rookie year? Those no, like, listen to these numbers. Sure, he had a great. Season as a rookie, 161 games. However, I I do still bemoan the fact that he like kind of like forced them to finish that one game against the against the Cardinals, and then they lost in the rain. 
Like, God damn it, Pete. Shut up, you rookie. <laughs> 161 games, 693 plate appearances, 597 at-bats, 103 runs, 155 hits, 30 doubles, 2 triples, 53 homers, 120 RBIs, 72 walks, 183 strikeouts, the most in his career yeah. by a lot, 260 batting air average, 358 OBP, 583 slugging for a combined 941 ops, 348 total bases, only 13 double plays, hit by pitch 21 times, six intentional walks. Who the fuck was ahead of him in the MVP? Bellinger, Yelich, Rendon, Marte, Acuna, and Arenado. Never mind. Yeah, well, he did. He did beat out Frederick that year, so I'll take that. No, he had. Yeah, he listen, he had a good season. That's and he beat the homer record just two years after it was set. So yeah, I mean, for a rookie, yeah, Bellinger earned it that year. Three hundred five, forty-seven, one fifteen. Well, he had a rookie. He had an MVP, and then he was lost himself, and then had a nice year last year. Now he's doesn't even have a fucking team. <laughs> Again, Mets, give him a call. I have a feeling these guys all know where to go. Hey, did you ever hear the story? And this, I'm just hearing this, hmm. and it has something. Did you read any of the comments on on what you sent me about the free agents not signing? No. Well, and the theory. So somebody said, you know, I strictly believe. Oh no, I'm sorry. I, I'm taking it back. It's uh, Pazinski's podcast. Mm-hmm. With Eric Barnes and whoever, you know, he's got other people on every once in a while. But he says, you know, agents work for the player. The player doesn't work for the agents. Correct. And he had mentioned something. He goes, I've heard that fucking guys don't even get told offers because their agents want them to go to certain teams. So, you know who they bring up in the comments? They bring up Freddie Freeman. Now, most people are like, you don't know what you're talking about. Freddie Freeman's from Calv. He wanted to go to the Dodgers, Dodgers. But supposedly, from what they're saying, not the initial. Remember, the Braves offered him something. Yeah. What they're saying is the Braves made another offer after the Dodgers made an offer. Yeah. That he, he never got. That he yeah. never got. Yeah. I never heard that. Yeah. That was big news. Never heard like, that. Yeah. That's why he was so upset when he got to Atlanta because they, because, Atlanta, like the GM went to him before his like press conference and they were like catching up like, hey, how's it doing? Here's your ring. Congratulations. Blah, blah, blah. We're talking about the ceremony or whatever to get his ring. I forget how it worked. He was like, we were really surprised you didn't take our last offer. And he was like, well, you know, the money. And they were like, no, 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 our last offer. He was like, what are you talking about? They're like, no, we offered this. And he was like, what? And it was like right in line with what the Dodgers offered him. And See, he, and he was like, "What?" And they were like, "Yeah, you didn't like we said it to your agent." <laughs> sure, he, he did a Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> he died. What? Yeah, no, I, I watched that after. By the way, uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> and then he went straight into he was a good man and a great yeah. actor. He's like, he's, and he goes, "Sam, I hope to see you on the other side, my man." Yeah, no, no, but he just he goes, to Sam, "Sam died." You know, yeah. like, they caught him on he went to the other side, right? <laughs> and then he went in. No, but you, I had no idea this Freddie Freeman story existed. I'm like, how did I miss this? And that's why that whole weekend, he's just super upset and with the love from the fans and everything else. Because, yes, 
he's a California kid and he loved California, but I think he's part one of those guys from that generation that also looks at staying with the same team for your same career yeah. and everything else, the team that drafted you and everything else. And he wasn't looking for obviously he he, he didn't want he wanted to get what he was worth, but if the Braves valued him the same as the Dodgers, he would have taken the Braves deal because A, he already lived there. B, his family was close to the rest of the group of the Braves, the ownership, the management, the 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 guys from the past that still lived in, in the Atlanta area and everything else. He like just Chipper. won a World Series, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. So they, they, they had a MVP chance three. of winning more. Yeah, and they could have got – and so he fired his agent after that. I had no idea this happened. And I got to be honest with you. You know what? I would go to Major League Baseball and say, look, <laughs> you know, I know the Braves built a team without them. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck it. I don't want to play. This is under false pretenses. Fuck it. I fired him. If they offer me that money, I'm going there. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. I, why? You shouldn't be hoodwinked. There should be honor amongst fucking thieves. Well, this is why. Look, I got to be honest. Why players don't just negotiate their own contracts? I know there's, there's language, but at this time, don't people know the language? Yeah. What to do? They ask They ask for all this shit anyway. Uh, give me a no trade. I mean, if you look at it right now, Lamar Jackson in the for the Ravens, he negotiated his own deal. and they, 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 The joke about it going back 30, 40 years ago in baseball was Tony Pena used to say, they'd be like this. He'd be like, Tony, you know, do you get paid? And he goes, I got it. He goes, I can't make my agent mad. They go, who is it? He goes, my wife. <laughs> his wife was his agent. She did his deals. I mean, which isn't, I, I'd probably hired my dad if I was a professional ball player. Dad, well, you give me cutthroat, you. Well, like I said, after you had your first taste and mm-hmm. you had a, an agent doing something and you hear what other guys got across the league. I mean, really, I don't, okay, but you don't want me skiing during the offseason? Fine. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. The, the little things like this, you got to go over and how are you going to get fucked? As long as you get. And say, look, this is the language. We're not putting a lot of fancy language into the contract. I get paid X amount. It's guaranteed. That's it. Don't say, oh, if the guy fucking, you know, hits below 220, try to hoodwink me. Yeah. I mean, you can still have a lawyer looking over. I know most agents are lawyers or have been lawyers. You can still have a lawyer, but you should negotiate your own thing. Well, even when I was doing (laughs) the school for sports management, they may not be lawyers, but they know sports contract law because it's usually yeah. a class you have to take yeah. so you have reference material to go back to for what can and cannot be put into contracts and most of these guys work at agencies where they have lawyers either working for them or on retainer to review yeah. these things but that's what i'm saying but if you're a ball player and a team's going to give you 300 fucking million you can hire a lawyer <laughs> to look at all that shit without needing an agent to take fucking 10 percent and I know guys who I work with now who have lawyers on retainer for 5000 a year, if that. So it's like, well, <laughs> if I'm a pro ball pay- player, I think I can get a pretty decent guy for what? I don't know, 20 a year? Like, I, I just, I, I don't know why these guys just don't do their own contracts. Because, especially because, you're, let's look at it this way. If I'm going to give a guy, especially Major League Baseball, where it could be anywhere from 5 to 15%, a Boris guy is probably giving 
because Boris makes has a lot of clients, makes a lot of money. He's probably on the lower end of commission in that the percentage number, but he gets a higher overall number because of how big the contracts are. Yeah. But I'm sure Degrom's agents back when he was with the Mets were making a we're making we'll say twelve percent, right? So it's like, would I rather give that to this scumbag <laughs> that I don't even really know? Would I rather give it to my father? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, who I'm going to pay off his house anyway, buy him a truck, you know, all this other shit. Like, what? why would you and ever I, go anywhere else? And like you said, Sean, this, most of that language and that comes down to having your own room on the road. Yep. <laughs> doing whatever. You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd feel slighted by these guys if I had a roommate. I'm making $40 million a fucking year. I don't know if I'd be bummed if in a bedroom of two king beds, I'd be like, oh, dude, I got to share a room with fucking Tommy. God damn it. Like, I wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> Taking a shower at the ballpark. I'm getting free food. Like, what do I give a fuck? You get paid. You get paid. You get meal money. I, I'm making a big push. I'm making a big push for players to become their own agents. And all I want is 5% of whatever they get. <laughs> for every player forever, we want 5%. Uh, oh, well. Baseball, you're around the corner, but you better get your shit together. You're going to be swimming. As Papa would say, the great Honus Wagner statement, all of winter I spend the, spend the days looking outside waiting for baseball. That's it. And once football season is over, there's no truer statement in my life. I just wait. And that's when I get the seasonal depression. <laughs> Other people get it right after Christmas or as like summer turns to fall. No, I get, sorry, I get seasonal depression the day, the minute the Super Bowl ends. And I go, oh man, I got like 45 days till opening day. Yeah, but you know what? You're lucky because spring tra- uh, re- they report right after it. Now I know. So I mean, they, that helps. That definitely helps. That does but... help just reporting. But you know, it gets a little, it gets long, and you just you're ready for it. Okay, and babe, before we stop baseball and get into the football real quick, Mets two retirement announces. Dwight Gooden, April fourteenth. No, 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 no. Uh, number retirement. Yeah, Mets. Re- re- yeah, yeah the way say? you said that, you said two retirements. Oh no, no. Well, numbers. That that's what it is. Well, yeah. but I said Dwight Good. Yeah. And Daryl Strawberry, June first. I might have to come up for April fourteenth. You know, I I haven't gone to any of these, and I would, you know, the Piazza one, whatever, would have been. I I should have went to Hernandez's. I don't know why I didn't. I watched I, on TV. I watched on TV. Yeah. You know, because I don't know necessarily if being there is any better, but I don't know. I think I might want to go to one of these. I'd gladly go to one of those. Those are my two guys. And and uh, when I play wiffle ball with my buddies back in Georgia, my own batting stance, I would whiff. But if I did Daryl's stance, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I would crack homers. Nice. And then I would throw like I mean I taught myself how to pitch with Doc's leg kick. I mean those are my fucking guys. Like those 18 and 16 are my dudes. I mean. Like I said, it all started with Straw coming up too, man. I mean, yeah. then they made the trade for Hernandez. Then Carter. It's all in the same year. Then Carter two years later. And then Doc came up in 84. And 
And I mean, he was, I, and, and it's no bullshit when they talk about it. It was electric watching that motherfucker pitch. It really was. <laughs> it, I it mean, was my just... earliest memories of Doc Pitcher, probably when I'm six years old. And at that point, he's already been to the Betty Ford Clinic twice. Yeah. Um, and he was still captivated, is the only way to put it. He would he would be on the mound and his presence and his delivery and the way he pitched with such force. Like not like he pitched mad, which is but but it was also his his mechanics, like you were effort effortless. Just perfect, beautiful. And, and I will tell you what's funny, like so he's pitching, and you know, you get caught up, and I'm like this guy just throws a fastball and he's throwing it right by everybody. And then I'll never forget. I'm watching. I stayed up. Obviously I don't remember because they used to take trips out to the West coast three times a year. Mm -hmm. So they're in, they're in Dodger stadium and he throws a fucking curveball that breaks 12 to six. And I'm like, I had never seen anything like that ever. And I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> the ball started. I go, did he throw this? I've never seen him throw this. Ever. But he, it was crazy. I, he, so there's a couple things about Doc that I'm going to say in, in non-sequential order. But first thing is, my buddy Miguel one time sent me, because him and I always, I mean, he's your age. I've I've worked with them for many years, and we've just stayed friends because we. He's kind of like a mentor to me in a way at work, like just whatever. But sports wise, we think very similarly, and we have, but we can also go back and forth on things we disagree with, and not get contentious. He sent me a video one time, and it's Ralph Kiner calling it, and I'm like, "This is I've probably watched this at bat." It's Dwight pitching to uh, Tony Gwynn. Gwynn had already struck out once against him. Second time Gwynn's up, fastball, boom. Fastball, boom. Fastball fouled off. Maybe a changeup because Doc never got the changeup, but maybe a changeup. But he did come up with a third pitch, yeah. That was a ball. And then he drops the fucking hammer. And Tony swings right fucking through it. Yeah. And Kiner's like, that's the first time in 14 years that Gwyn has struck out twice against the same pitcher. Yeah, exactly. And he spun around. I remember he took the swing and spun around. Yep. And it's just like, oh, my God. He was so. If cocaine wasn't a thing, this guy might have been the greatest pitcher that ever lived. I, I tell you, man. I that If he could have just smoked weed. <laughs> That 85 season, to show you how good he was, he was sitting there, and I don't know, I think he won 15. I watched the actual game he lost in San Francisco. It was a day game. I don't think it was a Sunday, though. They might have played, like, they might have been there Monday, Tuesday, and their Wednesday was a 4 o'clock game, a getaway day. Getaway day, yeah. Going to, another, going to one of the other California stops, and he lost the game. It was like August, whatever. And that made him, I think, 20 and four at the time. And he won four other decisions after that. So he was 20 and three. And then he got the loss. And I just remember thinking, I didn't think this fucking guy would ever lose again. 
That's how dominant he was. That Sean, like I said, the ball just fucking exploded. Yeah. Like it, it was just a, you know, somebody who pitches hard, like a Nola, it goes zoom, and yeah. the ball when it gets to the plate, it moves, it, it just bursts. It's, it's still going hard, and he just. And the he craziest just, thing about it, it didn't tail, it didn't pop up, it didn't sink. No. It was just straight fucking heat. Straight gas. Hit it. Hit it if you can. Yeah. And look, some guys did. He gave up the home of the social, which pissed me off. I mean, and he got rocked by the Red Sox. He was not a great playoff pitcher. Let's be honest. He just wasn't. Mm. The pressure got to him. It did. After the NLCS in 86. It, the NLCS in 86, 19 in, or 18 innings pitched, two runs. Well, him and, him and Nolan Ryan hit up in that game, and he pitched 10 innings. Yeah. Ryan pitched nine. Nine. That was a great game, man. One, one, fucking 1 1. I Darryl hit the homer. Huh? Yep. It probably got about six feet off the ground and went right over the fence. And it, oh. and, and it didn't even go like, it just like. <laughs> Landed on the foul pole in it, that area. In that, it, that's it. Is. It was just, I the swear one, to God, that ball it couldn't have got more than ten feet up in the air. No, because the fence was maybe eight. It was nuts. He just did that line drive, and Dwight, he settled in. Ten innings he pitched. Ten innings, giving up one run. You would he would have been out of the game in the fourth inning if that was today. Yeah, because hey, he probably threw a. 287 pitches. They'd say, Dwight, good job today, buddy. And that's why he sucked in the World Series. He had no gas left. Yeah, but you should be charged up anyway. You should be going against Clemens in game two. I I, I think, you know, he was his his use was getting a little more. Well, he was just getting a little more. And look, after they won, he went and disappeared into a crack house. So, yeah. I mean, he missed the parade. It's one of his biggest regrets in life, he says. Mine too, and I I wasn't there. <laughs> Mets ever wear another one. I'm at the parade. I'm telling Sade, I'm jumping on Amtrak. I'm gonna get there in the morning. I'm gonna leave that night. I'll probably come home hammered, but I'm going to this fucking parade. Yeah. I'm gonna be on the goddamn steps of City Hall by two a.m. I did it once. We did it for the first Giant Super Bowl. Did you really? How cool was that? The Canadians of the heroes. Yeah, no, it's because well, you don't when we're yes, but we we were off. We got to a side street that was kind of towards the end of it, but but it was by city where they give out all the shit, so yeah. we were able to walk over to that too. But uh, the best part was is you know so they're on like double decker buses, and I can't remember. I think it was Strahan who was on the bus. If it wasn't Strahan, it was another giant that you would know by face without a helmet on. Yeah. And he's pointing at a guy standing there, and he's like, he's the one. He's the one. And everybody's like, that quote, it was David Tyree. Nobody knew what the fuck he looked like without a helmet on. Like, he's the one. He caught the ball. Because everybody's like, who is it? No, it's just a spindly... He wasn't big. No. He was a spindly guy and fucking in jeans and a sweatshirt. Here's the thing with David Tyree. He never played again. Uh, and then preseason, never played again. Uh, it's true. It's true. So I was what? at the parade and they were yelling. I think it was Strahan, but I, I could be wrong. It was probably it's UCO Manura. 
He made the catch. Nobody knew who he was. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. I if I ever go, if the Mets ever win one, Jets, Islanders, obviously not Notre Dame, uh, Knicks. I want to come up, and I just want to go. I don't even care about City Hall, to be honest with you. Yeah, I want you know, to be. I want to be in the canyons. Yeah, you know, you sit down one of them streets. I just want to be there. The same road that they rode down after World War II ended and all that shit. That's where I want to be. And I just want to be, I'm going to have a case of beer with me. And I'm going to be shithoused. If you could get yourself a fucking hotel. Because I will tell you, once it cleared out, every place is packed. Yeah. Because a lot of people go into bars, restaurants to eat and, and drink. So. I just want one. One. Before well, fair. but like I said, so we got the we got the Dwight and Daryl shows. April fourteenth has a chance to still be kind of cold, but that might be the so, one to go to. It's a Sunday morning. Sunday morning. It's a Sunday day game. I mean, the June game is a day game, also. But if if you're able to get tickets to that, let me know. Right. I would gladly come up for Daryl. I mean, for Doc. They got to see Yeah. I mean, I don't want to come up if it's like the same weekend as the U.S. Open because that's Father's Day, and I want to sit on my couch and watch the golf. Actually, wait, who? If Daryl's is the same weekend in June that the U.S. Open is. No, no, no. It's June. It's June first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Man. Yeah, so it, no, the the U.S. Open wouldn't be at the end of May into June. It would be no, no, no. It'll be it'll be like around Kim's birthday. Oh no, you said Father's Day. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get that. Yeah. Hey, can we get any credentials to the Masters this year or not? <laughs> I'm still hoping I might get a call about the WrestleMania thing. Correct. Yeah. I probably won't, but I'm hoping. Scumbags. I know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll get lucky. All right, now transitioning to the NFL. <clears throat> so, a couple quick things as far as head coaching jobs go. Antonio Pierce has been hired as the official head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Should have happened right after the last game. I agree, but uh, I'm glad it did happen. He was interviewed by a couple other clubs, and I think yeah, the Raiders were. Uh, uh, what's what I'm looking for here? They were uh, motivated to get the signing done. Um. Uh, and obviously, as we said last week, Gerard Mayo is now officially the head coach of the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. As far as jobs are still open, the Falcons' job is still open. That seems to be heavy related to Belichick. We'll see what okay. happens. Kind of funny, uh, though, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a job that I think fits him well. If they can get a better quarterback in there, I think that's a great job to have. They have a good defense. They have guys like Pitts. They have... Robinson, that team can be really explosive. So I think it's a good spot for Belichick. I agree. But is he ready to start with a young quarterback again? Maybe they can get a guy like Cousins. That's true. Well, Uh, somebody is going to want to play for him. So it's. Yeah. Chargers. Chargers, Commanders, Seahawks, and Panthers are the other open jobs currently. So. Now, Harbaugh did. uh, Interview with the Chargers. Yeah. I think he's having the second soon. Um, and Vrabel interviewed with someone. I can't remember who. Maybe the commanders. Um, but as of right now, that's what we have. 
We'll see what happens in the coming days. I don't see many of these teams lasting much more beyond championship weekend. Yeah, no, there's no, no, they'll have somebody in place. Mm -hmm. But now, as for last weekend's games, our six wild card games, I have some witty headlines, so we'll roll with them. Houston, we have liftoff. CJ Stroud and the Texans ask, what can Browns do for you? And the answer <laughs> is nothing. Uh, Chiefs put the Dolphins on ice. So much bitching about Peacock. If any of these people were wrestling fans, they would already have it. So <laughs> shut the fuck up. Or Notre Dame fans. Uh, Cowboys 2023 season loaded into the U-Haul by the Packers. Mm. For this one, no clever headline. Lions win first playoff game in 32 years. <laughs> After a football game was postponed due to weather, Bills win tune-up against Steelers. Baker and the Buccaneers make Jalen Hurts and the Eagles walk the plank. Yeah. Not bad. Now, I don't, was there any truth to the rumor? <laughs> I don't know if it's a rumor and I could have easily looked it up. That the Sabres played a game that night in Buffalo. Uh, uh, I can look. I had heard that. And and I did. I was like, I got to look this up. And I never, I didn't. I guess I might have been working. They did. The fucking say they did. So it, nobody had any problem. They, they weren't worried about anybody getting to the Sabre game. You fucking kidding me? And the uh, here's the funniest part. Oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. They were supposed to play Sunday, weren't they? Yeah. The Sabres game was Saturday night. Well, it was it was snowing then. Oh well. <laughs> and and the uh, ESPN article was posted at ten eighteen p.m. About what? The Sabres. Yeah. So they had a game during the blizzard, too. Yep. Oh, no, no, no. It started at 4 p.m. Huh? All right, come on. You were off. When was the fucking game? It was at 4 p.m. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. I... No, what day? On Saturday? Yes, 4 p.m. on Saturday. All right. Well, I still think it was snowing. Okay, so it was Saturday. All right. But seriously, the ESPN report was updated January 13th, 2024, 10, 18 p.m. That's okay. not my fault. That's them. No, that's on them. It's all right. No, that's, that's okay. So they did play the Saturday. All right. Well, Saturday was it started snowing, but mm -hmm. but yeah. So, uh, I thought that was stupid. I did I too. I understand why they gave a shit. People, we all get it. We all get it. But it's Buffalo, New York. If you're not prepared for snow at this point, when the fuck will you ever be? And and I always say like you know. You know, you, they do. I don't I, like. I, I said the same thing. I would rather the last thing in the world that the NFL wanted was a quarterback from Pittsburgh named Rudolph going to the second round. They mm -hmm. would. They were going to try anything <laughs> to not have that fucking happen. However, once again, I like you said, go back to it. The, the, the Patriots Raider game was one of the best games ever mm -hmm. and propelled the new generation of football. A Saturday night game, and this was going to be a Sunday game, At Sunday one, one o'clock game, but a Saturday night football game in a fucking snowstorm. They didn't give a shit how the fuck who got home, who didn't get home, and it sold the whole fucking game. And it was they were clearing the field. 
you know, as, as shit was going on, the one of the best playoff games in the last 25 years. And and I know it's whatever, it would have been shitty conditions, but it makes the game, you know, what it is. And, you know, if the Steelers would have won, you know, so be it. Huh. Look, did anybody think the fucking Packers were going to win? Did anybody think the Texans were going to win? I mean, the Texans had a good chance, but. Only one guy in my office, I think, picked picked the Texans to win. Really? Yeah. Out of the eight of us that made picks, but. No, but still, that's okay. So, listen, they didn't play the game, and then the next day you got exactly what you thought you'd get on, you know, or whatever. Two day, well, the next day after the game, I guess, mm-hmm. should have been played. You got exactly what you got. And let's be fair, it's not like they shoveled all of the snow in the stands. <laughs> they were only worried about the field. Yeah. And, I mean, there's that video of the Pittsburgh family. Like, I can't had- believe that. I, I can't fucking believe that. <laughs> I don't know if they did that as a joke. <laughs> no, I know it's supposed to be real. Like, if they, it was, it was Bill's employees and they said, bring your family here and let's do this. Because... They would knee deep in snow trying to get the seats. Yeah. When you were watching the game and they were panning the stadium, it didn't look like people were standing in the snow. <laughs> would have been awesome if they were. <laughs> yeah, and hey, listen, it was uh it was and for all the people, once again, you play in Minnesota, you play in Buffalo, you play in without you should have dome stadiums. But that's why they play in Buffalo. <laughs> mm-hmm. You, you, you shouldn't have don'ts. What they should, and look, I know it's expensive. They put the heated fields, the fields. Yeah. You should run that shit through the fucking parking lot. Yeah. Because as long as people can get in and out of the parking lot, they can worry about doing the roads around it without having to fucking plow. You know, it's a pain. You lose all those spots when you're plowing all that snow. If you could do your whole parking lot and heat it, you don't have to worry about any of that horse shit. Just get to the lot. Yeah. And and there'll be no snow mounds that take away spaces. There'll be none of that bullshit. Getting in and out should be fine. And and like I said, the the uh the, the snow people can just take care of that. So have the field and the parking lots. Yeah. You're good to go. I agree. Um after last week. Playoffs are separate from the regular season. You are leading. Hey, look at this guy. <laughs> Got 12 points, uh, and Johnny and I both have 10. All right, it's a, it's a race. It is. Uh, we all had three of the same winners, obviously different points. Uh, two of the same winners, I apologize. We all had Chiefs and Bucks, all three of us. Uh, I was the only one with the Rams. Johnny mm-hmm. was the only one with the Bills. And you were the only one with the Packers. There we go. So that made the difference. Um, otherwise, this week, all four games are gonna be four, three, two, and one. Keep it simple. Um these spreads are insane. I will let Every- you all know now. Uh Ravens and 49ers, the two Saturday games are a combined 18 points worth of spread. Uh the only Field goal spread at this point is the Bills. Um, and that that is hung steady all week. So it's it's gonna be an interesting weekend. I have a couple different uh parlays and teasers out there. I'll probably still win zero. Um 
But so Saturday, we got the Texans at the Ravens, 4.30 on ESPN, ESPN Plus and ABC. Saturday night, we got the Packers at the 49ers, which I feel like we've seen every year for the past 25 years at 8.15 on Fox. Sunday at 3 o'clock on NBC, we've got the Buccaneers at the Lions. And then Sunday late afternoon, early evening, we have the Chiefs at the Bills at 6.30 p.m. We all have our pick. Well, Johnny and I both have our picks in. We will start from one, work our way up to four. And Johnny will go first, even though he's not here. Um, and then we'll go that way. Are you ready, Uncle Johnny? Um, I think I is. Uh, hold on. Let me just, because folks, have, you, you didn't hear it, but I had spilled something all over my spread, so... Let me just make sure I got these. You know what, Sean? I think I'm, I, I guess I'm comfortable in this. Um, oh, this is so. All right, so like we said, so all the favorites are favored. <laughs> <laughs> all the home teams, excuse me. All the home teams are favored. That is correct. And all the all the favorite teams are favored also. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Go ahead. We're going with our one. Johnny's going first. Yep. Johnny uh, has the Lions minus six and a half. Okay. I have the Texans plus eight and a half. All right. For my one, I am going to take the Chiefs in a road game. Uh, getting two and a half. All righty. I am up next for my two-pointer. And like I said, I did mine before I looked at Johnny's. Okay. I have the Bucks plus six and a half. Nice. That's for you too, right? Yep. Okay. I am going to take the wacky packy with the two of my two point. Right, Hopefully Packers. they don't get beat by ten. Keep it a game. Packers plus nine and a half. And Johnny has the Chiefs plus two and a half. All right. So my three? Yes, sir. My three will be uh, the Bucks getting the six and a half. Starting to see a trend here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think if, if everybody's taking all dogs, we'll see. I don't know. Johnny's got the Packers plus nine and a half for his three. Yeah. I also have the Packers plus nine and a half for my three. So, yeah. so this is interesting. It is. Uh, we can all be standing pat. Go ahead. And especially, well, I mean, he does have the Lions minus six and a half. So, and he also, he, and for his four point, he has the Texans plus eight and a half. I have the Chiefs plus two and a half. All right. So we get the, I too have the Texans plus eight and a half. So for me right now, so try to figure this out. <laughs> Did we all take the same games, just different point values? We all took the underdogs, correct? Oh, it's, no, he took the Lions. He took the Lions for his one-point game. The thing right now is if the Texans lose by nine, you both have it as your four, I have it as my one. Mm -hmm. If the Bucks lose, you have it as your three, I have it as my two, Johnny as his, at his, as his one. Yeah. Otherwise... Him and I have the Packers at three. You have them at two. 
uh, the Chiefs, your one, his two, my four. So there are ways that this could pan out with some weirdness. It just depends on numbers and how. Well, like I said, it might not stay. It's not going to stay in Pat. No. There will be a change in some level. It might only be a point, but whatever. All right, hey, listen. Mm-hmm. We're all liking the same shit. What are we going to do? It's hard for me to take the li- after last week. Yeah, me too. Now, and- I don't – are the Bucks as good as the Rams? I don't know, but the Bucks played they played a good game. <laughs> Here's my thing with the Bucks. Mike Evans dropped like three passes that should have been other touchdowns. Correct. If he they could have blown that game over. If he can get his shit together, <laughs> that's another wide receiver they have to deal with. That's going to be a problem. The Lions. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I think the Bucks will win this game. I'm well, heavy. Maybe, and I'm hoping the Lions. So, so am I. And I actually hope that the Packers somehow beat the fucking 49ers. Uh, they take an early lead. The 49ers are not a comfort behind team. So if the Pack could get a quick touchdown. That could be a problem for the fucking 49ers, especially if the Packers just send everyone because Purdy can't really handle a blitz. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. It, it'll be Purdy's first playoff game since the elbow last year. Can in you Philadelphia. imagine Lions Packers for the NFC championship? You're crazy. Can you imagine Bucks Packers? <laughs> nobody at the beginning, yeah, I guaranteed nobody fucking had nobody that. picked that. No, I think everybody went Saints. Yeah. Um. Man, it would be really, really, really cool if the Lions made the Super Bowl. I think it would. Be good for the game. It would be. It would be. I agree. And I'll tell you right now, I, I do wish it happens because all of those, you know, scumbags who thought Dan Campbell was an asshole when he got the job, what was it, three years ago? Three seasons? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, oh, he's a fool. You know, we're breaking knees. We're taking names. Yeah. He says, we're going to go in there. You know, and like you said, the guy hasn't embarrassed himself as a coach. Sure, he's excited. It's his first NFL head coaching job. But if he gets him there, not saying necessarily win, but if he gets him there, good for him. The only thing he does wrong as a head coach in my eyes is sometimes, like with the two-point against Dallas. Exactly, yeah. Even if they got fucked, it doesn't matter. Yeah, or going for the field goal on a Thanksgiving Day game a couple years ago and all this stuff. Or going for it on fourth down instead of the field goal. Sometimes he gets a little too excited for himself. Yeah. Because he could have been the two seed. Mm. And who knows how that would have played out with the Packers. But, I mean, they could have been the two seed. And now they'd be, you know, also sitting pretty. So, I think they would still play play out the same way. The Rams would have gone to the 49ers. They would have gotten the Bucs. But you never know. Maybe you're hosting if the Rams in a third game against the uh, 49ers, find a way to win. Well, now you're hosting the Rams in the NFC Championship game at home. Yeah. Plus, I think it's good for Detroit. 
Well, I, I do have the thing with the, you know, maybe it's Michigan's year. Uh, Bill Detroit, said the same Detroit. thing. Well, Michigan, Detroit. yeah. Well, Michigan in the in general. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. The Michigan, yeah. Be good. I mean, not the Pistons. Nah, they're terrible. <laughs> not the Red Wings. Uh, but maybe in football. Maybe football is this year. Yeah. Not the Tigers. <clears throat> <laughs> well, I like it, but the Tigers are a team. Ah, whatever. <laughs> we talk baseball. We'll see what happens. Yep. All right, so well, you know, open. You know, it's not. I got to be honest, though. It's not stale. No, it's fun. I'm excited. We could have the stale Eagles, the stale Cowboys. The here's why I'm excited about tomorrow's Ravens game. What did I say after Week One after the Ravens played the Texans? You like the Texans? You uh, this good? team is tough. The quarterback needs to grow. The defense is solid. I like what I'm seeing here. This could be this could be an interesting team, and now they're going back to Baltimore to play the Ravens in the second round of the playoffs. Do I think the Texans win? I don't, but could they? I mean, stranger things have happened. All I know is, finally, the Houston Texans have come back to Baltimore. I mean, the fucking Listen, Bra- like the Browns I- are. I feel bad for Johnny, and I'm going to say this about two things I noticed during the playoffs this past weekend. The two teams that played heavy zone secondary defense, the Browns and the Cowboys, got eat got ate alive. Eaten alive. They got, they got torn up. It just did not look good. It, they they looked bad on defense because of the zone and the two quarterbacks playing against those defenses just ate them up. They found the receiver that would be open in that situation. They made the passes and things were successful. I mean, Jordan Love late in the game against the Cowboys with the Cowboys starting to come back, made that pass downfield to the tight end that was short, but I mean, nobody was on him. He was able to wait for it, catch it, then get in the end zone. I mean, it was a horrible pass. <laughs> but it worked. I mean, so, I mean. They had guys open all game long. They did. It was disgusting. What Meanwhile, happened? when they play the Giants, they're blanketed over everybody. It's fucking nuts. Like, there isn't a receiver anywhere. They, I mean, he, you know, Jordan Love throws every ball off his back foot. Everyone, every pass. I wonder who he learned from. That's, isn't that sick? And I wonder who that guy learned from. Yeah, but it's sick. Isn't that crazy? Well, here's the thing. Favre used to do that. No, Rodgers did it. It's like if you're a Packers quarterback and you get drafted and you learn under a guy, you're going to learn how to do that and be successful well, at it. And the reason I bring it up because the one play when they had whatever it was, it was it was in the game when they were already, you know, they were handling the game. It was after the interception. And he ran back. He scrambled, threw the ball of his back foot to the tight end. Remember, he came back and he reached yeah. out. There was nobody near him. No. 20 <laughs> yards. How do you – you got linemen chasing people. You're in a zone. There's nobody – there was nobody in that zone covering. Fucking nuts. Where the fuck was the safety? They were just – they were nowhere. Sean, they were nowhere. You had three guys covering one guy. You don't even have any name – Fucking, you know, receivers on that team. <laughs> I fired Dan Campbell. That's that's the answer. I do have <laughs> one more thing to discuss. Go ahead. 
Prior to the, to tonight's podcast, I did my first. Well, I've done about eight hundred and fifty-seven of them at this point. But my first official first round mock draft. Shall Here we go, we go people? Here we go, folks. Right now, the the pick placements one through twenty-two are what they're going to be. If the Texans win this weekend, they can go further down. You know, so some things sh- shuffle out. The Ravens right now are 32nd because they had the best record in the NFL. Things will could change going forward, but right now this is what it is. So I have pick number, team, needs, and what I chose at that spot. And he made 15 trades. <laughs> no trades. This is just straight up. So pick number one, straight up draft, Bears. Their needs are QB, wide receiver, center, defensive lineman, and cornerback. I don't think they need a QB. Justin Fields showed me enough at the end of the year that if you get him some talent at the wide receiver position, that team can be dangerous. So I'm not going quarterback. I'm going with the best overall receiver. I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio First pick. First pick. I absolutely am. Wide receiver, first pick. At number two, the commanders. QB, tight end, offensive line, edge, linebacker, corner. They need a whole fucking team. They're taking a QB. They are taking QB. They're taking Caleb Williams, QB out of USC. Ah, first one taken, Heisman. <laughs> he did not win the Heisman this no, year. No, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. Last year, but not this year. Uh, number three, the Patriots. QB, wide receiver, tackle, edge. They're taking Drake May, quarterback out of UNC. Also, mm-hmm. folks, these picks are based off of the current uh, player rankings on Pro Football Focus prior to any pro days or the combine or any of that right. stuff. So this is what we're going with. Uh, number four, the Cardinals, wide receiver, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, linebacker, cornerback. They're taking Malik Neighbors, wide receiver out of LSU. So two receivers in the first four picks. At number five, the Chargers. Running back, nobody's taking one in the first round. Wide receiver, tight end, defensive line, linebacker, corner. They're taking Rome Odunze, wide receiver out of Washington. Three out of the first five. At number six, the New York football giants. Uh-oh. QB, wide receiver, O-line, D-line, linebacker, defensive back, another team that needs everything. They're taking Jaden Daniels, quarterback out of LSU. Hmm. Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, I wonder if they would. I wonder if that would happen. A talented runner and passer, playing in a Brian Dable offense, similar to Josh Allen. Just saying. Uh, He needs to just gain 60, 70, 80 pounds. (laughs) At number seven, the Titans, wide receiver, offensive lineman, defensive back. They're taking Cooper DeJean, quarterback, out of Iowa. I believe that is the Caucasian cornerback. Yeah. That would be the first starting cornerback in the NFL since... Jason Seahorn. Correct. <clears throat> at number eight, the Falcons. It, it, it's, it's, it's as rare as dinosaurs. It's really just is. as rare as dinosaurs. Number eight, the Falcons. QB, wide receiver, edge, corner. They're taking Nate Wiggins corner out of Ellis out of Clemson. I apologize. So they're building defense still, even without it. Without... Yep. At number nine, the Bears. 
They already took a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. At number nine, they're taking Jerzon Jer- Newton, defensive lineman out of Illinois. Jerzon. Number 10, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. There you go. I'm interested in this one. Wide receiver, tackle, defensive lineman. If this person gets to this point, it would be a fucking miracle. And if they do and they don't pick him, I'm driving to New York and I'm going to Jimmy Stewart shake the shit out of Joe Douglas. Joe Alt, tackle, University of Notre Dame. Hey, at least you won fucking lineman. Smart. Number 11, the Vikings. They need a QB, a running back, a guard, a center, a defensive lineman, linebacker, defensive back. Again, another team needs everything. Terrion Arnold, corner, Alabama. Number 12, the Broncos. Quarterback, wide receiver, center, edge, corner. They're taking Dallas Turner, edge, Alabama. The Raiders, QB, running back, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, DB. They're taking the tackle out of Penn State. I cannot pronounce his name. I'm not even going to try, but it's that guy. we've all heard about him. Fifth at 14, the uh, Saints, QB tackle defensive line. They're taking Calize Fuaga tackle Oregon State. I assume he's related to Roman Reigns. <laughs> Number 15, Colts, wide receiver, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, DB. They're taking J.C. Latham tackle out of Alabama. 16, the Seahawks, guard, center, or an edge. They're taking Jared Verse, edge out of Florida State. Jaguars, guard, center, edge, defensive back. They're taking Kool-Aid McKinstry, cornerback out of Alabama. Bengals, tight end, tackle, defensive line. They're taking Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia. Rams, QB at 19, Rams. QB, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, defensive back. Michael Penix Jr., quarterback, Washington. Oh, look at that. Steelers at number 20. Center, linebacker, defensive back. They're taking Ennis Rakestraw Jr., cornerback, out of Mizzou. They got Joey Porter Jr. last year, and then they got uh, Rakestraw. <laughs> Gives their defensive line more time to go after the quarterback. Thanks. Number 21, the Dolphins. Tight end or offensive line. They're taking Amarius Mims, tackle out of Georgia. Eagles, wide receiver, linebacker, or defensive back. They're taking Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver, LSU. Texans, wide receiver, tight end, defensive lineman, linebacker. Troy Frank- Franklin, wide receiver uh, out of Oregon. Yeah. Cowboys, running back center, defensive line, linebacker, corner. Leonard Taylor the third, defensive lineman, Miami. Packers at 25, running back tackle, defensive line safety. They're taking Jordan Morgan, tackle out of Arizona. The Bucks, who have somehow made it to the second round of the playoffs and could be feisty and make the conference championship game, they need a running back, a tight end, a guard, a center, an edge, a linebacker, a corner. They're taking Leatu Leitu, edge out of UCLA. That's like his name is... John Johnson. That's it. Leatu Leitu. Yep. At 27, wow. the Cardinals, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, corner. They're taking Kamari Lasseter, cornerback out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. 
At number 28, the Chiefs, who I think will go further down, but that's not here nor there. Wide receiver, defensive lineman, they're taking Lad McConkey, wide receiver out of Georgia. At 29, the Bills are taking wide receiver. They, they they need a wide receiver, a tackle, defensive lineman, linebacker, defensive back. They're taking Cameron Kitchens, safety out of Miami. And number 30 are Dan Campbell Lions, guard center, defensive lineman, or a corner. I went a little bit against the grain. I uh, went with Tyler Newbin, safety out of Minnesota. Damn. 49ers need an offensive lineman or a corner. They're taking Troy Fautanu, Fautanu, yes, tackle out of Washington. And last pick in the first round at number 32, the Ravens need a wide receiver, defensive lineman, or a corner. They're taking Devontez Walker, wide receiver out of UNC. And so, first of all, excellent job. Thank you. A lot of wide receivers. I mean – and not a lot of offensive linemen. The problem, good thing. The problem is with the offensive line picks right now is there's a lot of tackles that are between first and third round grades. Yeah, but the interior offensive line is a lot of like second through fifth round grades. Gotcha. So, so it's it. So these teams that need guards and centers and stuff like that, it may be better to go free agency that route. Okay. Yeah. Um. But for tackles, I mean, good year. Uh, another tough year for linebackers. There's not a lot of linebackers in the first round, like none, uh, that are worth that value. So you may be able to sneak someone who could develop in a later round. But um, now, even in your thing with all the wide receivers, I think it plays into what we talked about a couple of weeks ago that these quarterbacks aren't necessarily uh, the last generation's quarterbacks. They're going to need all the help they get, so they figure they got to bring in these guys. Yeah. So while they're young, they got to bring in young receivers. Yep. Now you could have somebody – these receivers aren't guaranteed. They could all – they you know, actually they could be the next Larry Fitzgerald or they could be Kadarius Tony. <laughs> you know, so nothing's out on them, but – Shawnee, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Like you see a couple of wide receivers at about six of them in the first round. They go into places where quarterbacks, young talent need to throw the ball to people if they're going to stick around in this league. One of the things I still find funny is that the Falcons under Arthur Smith didn't really ever utilize uh, the tight end, Kyle Pitts. and. Yeah the running back that drafted way early in the first round last year, B. John Robinson. I mean, these are two guys that are exceptional talents that could be a huge asset to any team. And Kyle Pitts has basically been wasted his first two, three years of the NFL. Like we'll see how that changes under a different coach, different coordinator, things of that nature. Um, He was a first round pick, right? Which one? Kyle Pitts? Pitts? Yeah. Yeah. He was like number eight overall. Yeah. So no, I remember him coming out. He's a freak. He's an incredible football player. No, I know, but like you said, they don't they don't throw the ball to him. So we'll see what happens there. And you notice when you were saying stuff too, which is funny, not a lot of kids from the program of Alabama. I, I think only like four. Yeah. Um, and I but think still, that, I mean, four out of thirty-two, still whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's still they used numbers. to be, they used to be late, but 
a lot of it was the offensive defensive linemen, maybe a couple of linebackers, like you said, once in a while. Yeah, I think I only have four in the first. Yeah, four in the first round. Yeah, it's a four. Two corners, an edge, and a tackle. Okay. And none of them in the top ten. So look at that. Um. So yeah, well, I mean, we'll see how it all plays out. Obviously, but I mean, that's well, uh, folks. We'll be doing this every week until. <laughs> Well, not not after the Super Bowl. We're going to take a month off. Between... Yeah, can I tell you something? I hate talk radio uh, around here from the ESPN because once the Super Bowl's over, it's all they fucking talk about until it and until the day it happens. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's nonsense. You can't. And look, I know what they got to fill it. Look, like here today, we had the. You need filler, and what are we? We're a small station in the middle of Iowa. Just yep. trying to survive. Just and, hoping to get six listeners. You know, they got 50,000 watts, and it's the same horseshit every day. Every I mean, day. And and they spend – now, look, I understand you could – but they spend an hour, two hours. It's fucking nuts, man. <laughs> it really is. It is. Um. But, yeah, so I think the plan going forward is next weekend – we will talk about the championship games and the Royal Rumble preview. Johnny Graham will be back for that one. Sunday, I will try to have out a Royal Rumble uh, short like reaction podcast. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do the two weeks after that with any more MLB stuff and prep for the Super Bowl. Maybe another draft, a mock draft within one of those two weeks. We will discuss the you know who won the super bowl and stuff like that and then we will take a month off um before well a few about a month uh we'll be back for the ncaa tournament and then heading into baseball season mm -hmm. so that's where we are at schedule wise so you have us for like four more weeks then four weeks off and then the ncaa tournament sounds good but other than that, I have nothing else. Uncle Johnny, you have anything? Yeah, no, I'm good, bud. All right. Well, then we will see you guys next time here on the Fumble Through the End Zone podcast. Everybody have a great week, and mm -hmm. we will see you next time on the Fumble Through the End Zone podcast.